I'm so thankful for the grace of God. Can you remember where the Lord found you? Oh, everything in my life was a mess. My family, my mom and dad, oh, how they loved me. But I was a heathen. My dad used to tell me, son, one day you're going to wake up in hell or jail. Sixteen years old, laying in the ER with stab wounds in my back. Minutes from hell, God had mercy. Bless his holy name, amen. What can you say? Thank God for grace, amen. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful to be saved, to know Jesus. Hey, friend, I don't got religion, but I got Jesus. Amen. If you'll turn with me in your Bible to the book of 1 John chapter 2. I prayed very much with this being Sherathon, if the Lord would have me to just change directions and just preach a, a special message because of the occasion. But... God has not led me that way. I've been preaching through the book of 1 John on, on, on Wednesday nights because a lot of people are struggling with assurance. I just want to say one more time, I'm thankful I'm saved. All my life was a mess, my friend. And Jesus didn't do anything for me that he can't do for you. Or anybody that you know, I remember 19 years old, my life was a mess. I went to church with my grandma and I heard that choir get up and sing in the Holy Ghost. And it was like a salt block to my soul. I was so thirsty for what they had. And my heart that was cold as ice and hard as a rock melted at the presence of God. And I went home that night and fought with God for six hours, July 2nd, 2006. Oh, but I remember around midnight when I bowed before the King of Heaven and called on God for salvation, and he saved my soul. Hallelujah. I'm so glad to be saved. First John chapter number 2. If you'll read with me from verse number 12 through verse number 17. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the father. I have written unto you fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men, because ye are strong, 
and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. As we start the message tonight, I'd like to remind us the purpose of the book of 1 John. If we look over in chapter 5, verse 13, the Bible said, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. God wants people to know they are saved, or that they are not saved. I know of a lot of people struggling with assurance. I heard a preacher one time say the greatest thing that can happen to you is to get saved. And the second greatest thing that can happen to you is to know that you got saved. This verse said, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. What are these things? These things are those things that are written from 1 John 1.1 through 1 John 5.13. And so if we look in 1 John chapter 1, the Bible tells us very clearly in verse number 4, these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Verse number 3 said, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that you also may have fellowship with us. Fellowship's defined as two fellows in the same ship. Are we in the ship with God or not? These things write unto you, are these things have, these things which we have heard, seen and heard declare we unto you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his son Jesus Christ. It goes on to say if we we say that we know him and walk in darkness, we lie. Now I didn't write that. God wrote that. Now, you can go to every door in Greenville, knocking on the door, asking people if they're saved, and well over 95% of the people are going to tell you, yeah, I'm saved. But many of their life does not match 1 John 1, 1 through 1 John 5, 13. And the things that are written here tell us if we're saved. Because our life, our heart should match. Already from chapter 1, from verse number 5, God starts to deal with the fact that he's holy. And God starts to deal with the fact that we should be holy. Now, holiness is a doctrine that's not welcome in most churches anymore. Anytime you mention being holy, they start saying, oh, you're a Pharisee. No, God's not a Pharisee. He's holy. Holiness doesn't mean thinking we're better than people. It means obeying the Bible. God wants us to obey the Bible. The Bible said in Acts chapter 11, they were called Christians first at Antioch. Why were they called Christians? Because they acted like Jesus. Jesus wasn't pious and haughty, but he was holy. He was undefiled. And the Bible said he was separate from sinners. So the Bible starts by talking about, in 1 John, about being holy. And then it talks about loving our brother. 
And there's a lot of people who say, oh, they, they love God and they come in and they sing, oh, how I love Jesus. But there's people in the same room with them they won't talk to. That's called hypocrisy. If you say you love God and you can't shake hands and pray with your brother and tell them you love them, you're a hypocrite. Amen? If I do that, I'm a hypocrite. The Bible says if we say we love God whom we haven't seen, how can we, and we hate our brother whom we have seen, how can we love God? So we come here. Verse number 12, I write unto you little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his namesake. Here we find in this passage of scripture, he tells us the purpose of why he's writing. Notice he says little children. He's speaking to those, those new Christians, those new disciples, those little ones that, that they need help. They have a concern, they have a question. They, they, they don't know if they're saved or, or they're, they're wondering. And so he's, he's giving them assurance here. I'm writing unto you these things so that you can know. And so here he's writing about hope and comfort. I write unto you little children because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Then we look at verse 13. I write unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. Yeah. Now we're getting into another group of individuals, those with experience. Yeah. I think of those tonight like Dr. Aiken. Amen? My friend, we are in the midst of a holy man of God tonight who has walked with God for many years. And that would be the same type of person the Apostle John is writing to here. The fathers that have known him. They have experienced him. They have seen him work. They have seen how God moves. I write unto you fathers because ye have known him. That is from the beginning. Then he says, I write unto you young men because ye have overcome the wicked one. When he's writing here about the young men, we know young men in their youth, that's when they're at their strongest. That's when they have the might and the power of their life. But he's saying here also that, that we can't conquer the devil through our own strength. We must conquer the devil through Jesus Christ. And he said here, I write unto you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. How did they overcome the wicked one? Amen. Revelation 21, 7 said, He that overcometh shall inherit all things. Amen. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. Amen. But if we go to chapter 5, he tells us how to overcome. Verse number four and five, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Yeah. You remember back in John chapter three, when Jesus told that religious man, yeah. Nicodemus, you must be born again. Yeah, yeah, and how did he say that? He started by explaining the wind blow it where it listeth and thou heareth the sound thereof but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. That's talking about the wind when it's gonna blow or stop blowing, you don't know. That's just like in a church service when conviction comes and the Lord starts to knock on your heart and starts to draw you to salvation. You can't tell seconds before it comes and you can't tell how long he's going to knock. But when he's knocking is the time to come. Amen. You can't get born of the spirit if the spirit's not around. Amen. He said in Revelation 3.20, behold, I stand at the door and knock. 
If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Key note, he's knocking. They didn't open the door and yell out, hey, Jesus, where are you at? Come in here. He was knocking. The Bible tells us that, that no man can come to God except the Spirit, except the Father, which has sent Jesus, draw him. How is that drawing? It's by the Holy Ghost. My friend, let me warn you in love. When the Holy Spirit is dealing with your heart, that's the time to obey God. We don't get saved on our terms and our way and by our conditions. We get saved God's way. I didn't write that. God did. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. And so these young men, although they're at their mightiest in their physical youth, they didn't overcome the wicked one by themselves. They didn't overcome by their own power or by their own might. They overcame by Jesus Christ. And so I would submit to you tonight, how do you plan to overcome? Have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you anchored your soul in his haven of rest? Just as you're trusting the pew that you sit on to hold you up, have you sat your soul on Jesus Christ? I write unto you fathers because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you young men because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you little children because ye have known the father. Ye have known the father. John 17, 3 is one of my favorite Bible verses. The Lord Jesus Christ defined salvation. And this is life eternal. That they might Know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Salvation is to know, to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Not to know about him. I know about the President of the United States, but I don't know him. And he doesn't know me. Jesus is not telling us to know about him. Do you remember in Matthew chapter 7 when he said that there will be many in that day that said, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and, and done many wonderful works and cast out devils? And what will he say? I never knew you. I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Salvation is to know him, to have a relationship with him. Verse number 14. I have written unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men because you are strong and the word of God abideth in you and you have overcome the wicked one. We see here in these verses from verse 12 through 14 that he's pointing to hope in Jesus Christ. He's pointing to comfort in Jesus Christ. He's pointing to the experience of the fathers having known Jesus Christ. He's pointing to the fact of their knowledge that they know Jesus Christ. He's pointing to the fact that the victory of the young men came through Jesus Christ. He's pointing to the fact that their strength and their stability came through Jesus Christ. My friend, our assurance will come when everything is anchored 
in Jesus Christ. Not in me, not in you, not in what we did, not in what we prayed, not in what we said. That prayer has never saved anybody. Now, a lot of people got saved when they prayed, but prayer didn't save them. Jesus did. The Bible said salvation is of the Lord. If you'll look with me in verse 15 through 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, now we get down to real life every day. Who do you love, my friend? Who do I love? The Bible here draws a line in the sand. And it asks us a question. It says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Do you love God? Or do you love the world? The Bible said in the book of James chapter 4, verse 4, and I quote, a friend of the world is the enemy of God. So God has made it very clear. Just as in the book of Exodus, there's a type there of, of the flesh. Even so here, even so here, God declares an enemy, the world. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. The Bible said, you cannot serve God and mammon. The Bible said, if you'll look with me in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, I've been going to this passage of scripture a lot lately. Some would ask why. It's because churches are full of confusion. Churches are full of corruption. The devil is trying to invade churches. As the psalmist said, Lord, the heathen have come into thine inheritance. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, I'm sorry. Verse number 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? There's, there's a, a, a major distinction. The Bible said in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. If we turn the lights on in here, the darkness is dispelled. You turn the lights off, the darkness is immediate. They have no fellowship with each other. They automatically separate. God is separate from evil. He's holy. He's pure. He's innocent. He's good. God is not okay with my sin. God is not okay with your sin. How many times have I heard, oh, me and God, we got a deal worked out. No, you don't. God made one covenant and it was on the cross. And salvation is only by one way, that when people repent of their sin and believe on Jesus Christ. He said to be not unequally yoked. But at churches, they try to bring in the world. They try to win people with the methods of the world. They try to get as close as they can to the world. And consciences are, consciences are becoming seared. People are becoming weaker. You wonder why there's not the power there was 60 years ago? Because people are trying to walk with the world and not trying to walk with God. My friend, it will cost us something to walk with God. It will cost us something to live for God. You know what it'll cost? Ourself. 
we have to yield to God. Verse 15. And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? You know what the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 said? You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. But yet people are trying to do that. And then people wonder why they doubt their salvation. In the book of 2 Peter chapter number 1, if you'll flip there with me. 2 Peter chapter number 1. Brother James Jones pointed these Bible verses out to me many years ago. 2 Peter chapter number 1, verse number 5. And beside this giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Forgotten. They forgot. Verse number 16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father. Do you see that? It's not of the father. Just because the music makes you feel good does not mean it's from God. Just because doing it makes you feel good and your conscience isn't bothered does not mean it's from God. The Bible will tell us if it's from God or if it's not from God. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, whatever somebody's flesh lusted to do, that's not of God. That means that we would have to say no to ourselves, and yield to God. Amen. It said here, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. So not only what that burning desire to do is, but when you see it, the burning desire to look at it, to watch it, that's not of God. And then he said here, and the pride of life. The pride of life. Pride goeth before destruction. God resisteth the proud. If I walk in pride, God has set himself against me. If you walk in pride, God has set himself against you. The Bible tells us, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. Verse number 17 Verse 16 and 17 together. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Amen. The world will pass away. My friend, do we want the power of God in our lives? 
Do we want the power of God in our homes? Do we want the power of God in our churches? It'll come when we do things God's way. When we yield to him. When we seek him. When we obey him. John chapter 14, verse 15. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Notice with me John chapter 14, verse 21. John chapter 14, verse 21. Many say, oh, I want that blessed walk with the Lord. I want that blessed relationship. I want that blessed presence of God. I want the glory, as Sammy Allen called it. You know what he said, Sammy Allen? He said, if you ever get in the glory, you'll spend the rest of your life trying to get back there. But Jesus tells us how to live in it. And it's in John chapter 14, verse 21. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Who's Jesus going to manifest himself to? The one that loves him, the one that yields to him, the one that obeys him, the one that keepeth, keepeth. That speaks of their, their faithful. They're faithful at keeping the word of God. As I read these verses today, I knew that God wanted me to bring these out. But this afternoon, as Brother Rose and I drove back from Wahala, the Holy Spirit was speaking to my heart to go through these verses and to bring out a very clear thought. If you'll look with me with this in mind in the book of Hebrews chapter number two. Hebrews chapter number two. Hebrews chapter number two and verse number one. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. I want to ask you something, my friend. Are you slipping? How is our walk with God? How is our prayer life? How is our time in the word of God? How is our spirit? How is our attitude? How is our love to the brethren? How quick are we to help others? When we read this book, does our life line up? The first thought that comes to my mind, are we slipping? Are we loose in our living? The Bible says over and over, be holy, for I am holy. The Lord said in Leviticus chapter 10, Concerning those that would come nigh to him, he said, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me. My friend, large crowds do not mean the presence of God. Large amounts of money do not mean the presence of God. You realize the crowd drowned when the flood came. There was only eight people who lived. The crowd died. You look in Luke chapter 14. Jesus turned around and told the crowd, all of y'all aren't my disciples, only the one that's willing to forsake it all and follow me. Loose living. How's our living? Is our living yielded unto him? The way we live, the way we act, the way we conduct ourselves, the places we go, 
the things that we wear? Then I want to ask this. Are we walking in the light? Are we slipping in our walk? Let me remind you of the verses that God said. This then is the message which we have heard of him. I remind you the Apostle John heard the Lord Jesus Christ preach this. And declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Are you lying to yourself? Are you lying to everybody else? Are you lying to God? Are we lying? I'm not above you. I'm preaching to all of us. God wants all of us to live for him. God wants all of us to be yielded to him. God doesn't have a different rule for me than you or you for me. The word of God is written to all of us. Are we loose in our living? Are we living in the light? I want to ask you, how's your love for the brethren? The Bible tells us very clearly. Right here. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whether, where, whither he goeth because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. I know of individuals not willing to forgive, not willing to restore, not willing to make it right, not willing to settle it at the altar. I want to ask you something, my friend. Have you ever thought about walking up to them in the invitation and asking them to walk with you to the altar and pray with you? You ever thought about asking them to pray for you and you'd pray for them? You want to know why the power of God doesn't come nigh very much? Because people's hearts are wicked. And people's hearts need to get right with God. Now I realize saying these type of things don't raise large crowds. But I have a conscience that I have to live out before God. Are you lacking peace tonight? What's, in, what's hindering your relationship with God? These things write unto you that your joy may be full. Is your joy full tonight? What's hindering you? What's hindering me? You can leave it at the altar tonight. Are you letting Satan deceive you? What's the most important thing in your life? Is it God? Able to come to Jesus, but they'll never have that opportunity. Are you saved? If you are, let's live for Jesus. Let's give them all we can. Is there something hindering your relationship? Let's get it right. Let's move together as a mighty army for God. Amen? Let's seek to be a church filled with the power of the Lord. You got something between you and a brother or sister? Go grab their hand. Tell them you love them. Meet them in the altar. Don't leave the altar till you're right with each other and with God. Amen? You say, well, what's somebody going to say? It don't really matter what they say. Let's worry about what God has to say. What's the problem tonight? Are you slipping? 
The Bible said, Wherefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Let's stand. As Miss Nally is coming to the piano, I want to ask you, what, you, what do you need from Jesus tonight? He can help you. Are you saved? If not, I'll be waiting up here at the altar. I'd love to take the word of God and show you how to be saved. Jesus can help you tonight. Amen. My soul in sad exile was out on life's sea, so burdened with sin and distressed, till I heard a sweet voice saying, make me your choice. And I entered the haven of rest. I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. Amen. I'll sail the wide seas no more. Amen. The tempest may sweep o'er the wild stormy deep, Amen. but in Jesus I am safe evermore i just want to say real quick if, if, if the lord is dealing with your heart don't, don't let pride hold you back to his come to jesus tonight and let him help embrace and faith taking hold of the word my fetters fell off and i anchored my soul the haven of rest is my Lord. Amen. Amen. Sing with me. I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. Amen. I'll sail Amen. the white seas no more. The Let's have prayer and we'll turn it back over to the radio. Oh, y'all are done after that? All right, they'll take it up at the radio station, I guess. Let's have prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for your blessings. May the will of the Lord be done in every heart and life. And bless the Sherathon. Provide all that's needed for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.